Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 42 of the Big Show, some enforcer based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How you guys doing? Another another Wednesday here on the Big Show. Um, yeah, uh, kind of a kind of a different show today. Um, still trying to wrap up some interviews. I'm about half I'm half done on one of them, and uh, have a few players here in the bullpen. Should hopefully be uh, hit and record tomorrow night and on Thursday night. I'm hoping. Um, Jordan Roach, if you're out there listening, uh, answer your phone. Um, you know, but um, uh, yeah, but uh, I know I have to. Uh, promise to bring you guys uh new content every wednesday um i do have uh i asked on twitter today um if anybody had any topics to talk about um and it was funny isha the boss over at the network um i said well why don't you do a top 10 with uh, tampa and dallas fighters so uh i did a top five actually uh we'll get to that interesting news out of the quebec major junior league um uh some really yeah, it's hitting the fan there. Um, I'll talk about that. And um, an interesting uh, topic that came up uh, on Twitter the other day, uh, talking about making it. And uh, I'll, I'll get into that shortly. And then also uh, the John, John Scott incident. incident. I, I think I've talked about this before, but it came up on my timeline. Um, so... Um, so excuse me if I'm going to, uh, you know, chew my food twice here. If I've already talked about this, I don't think I have, if I did, it was on my old, uh, old platform. It was about with the leaf, the leaf incident. <clears throat> and it was interesting hearing John Scott, uh, t- I had already heard about him talking about it, but I was just in the background today while I was in the truck to hear him retell a story. But, and, uh, it, it just got me thinking of the contrast of, um, today's enforcer, I'm, I'm like I'm putting John Scott in like today's enforcer group kind of eh, I guess not really may sort of his new age new age fighting but just the mentality between him and a a guy like a, a McSorley or Semenko or a, or a twist um, and uh, and like I said I'll I'll get into that um, but before I do all that uh, like I said this is episode forty two so uh, I encourage everybody to please go back and and check out the the obviously the previous forty one episodes. Um, Every Wednesday is new content, and then uh, every Sunday um, I do a vault episode. And uh, what that is, uh, I used to have my own website, and when it crashed, I had 40-some episodes on there. And when I joined the the network, um, I said my goal was to at least get all the player interviews back up online, so at least they're on the internet, and you know, so people can listen to them again. And so every we decided every Sunday we could we should you know we'll upload an 
re-upload uh, a player interview. Um, so this past Sunday was uh, Tristan Grant, which I believe was my last interview on my old website. Uh, I haven't been going in any order. I've just been putting them up. I should have actually went in order, but. Uh, yeah, so but Tristan was a great guest. Like I said, we you know from Nipawa, Manitoba, and played a year in the Manitoba League, and then he went on to the Western Hockey League with Lethbridge and Vancouver, and then of course drafted by Philly, and uh, you know played some had some time with the Flyers, and then of course played in the American League, and uh, yeah, no, he was a fun fun talk, and uh, shared some shared some great stories, and yeah, so I encourage everybody to go back and check that out, as well as my other past. Uh, you know, player interviews, uh, John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, Roman Volpat, Clark Wilm, um, Jeff Rogers. I mean, on and on. And, um, yeah. And I mean, that's, uh, and like I said, I always say, uh, oh, sorry about that, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, but before we get rolling with all that, of course, uh, with the network here, um, you know, there's, uh, I don't even know how many shows are on here, 40 plus. Um, you have all the NHL shows represented, or teams represented. So, uh, whatever, uh, team you're a fan of, um, there is a, there is a podcast for that team, uh, on the network. So check that out. So, of course, you got Terry Ryan, TR laying it down. I think he just, he just had Ken Reed on today. Um, and uh and ken's always a great guest i always love listening to ken reed from sportsnet written a couple books of course he has the hockey card stories uh volumes one and two that i highly recommend i know his uh his newest book he just came out with is i believe it's called uh one game wonders and it's for obviously as the title says for guys that played one nhl game so um i probably picked that up actually I, like i said i enjoy ken's writing and uh and of course terry ryan's got a new book coming out uh sure i think he's taking pre-orders right now so i'm i'm really excited to read that because terry ryan's first book is awesome so anybody listening if you actually haven't read terry ryan's first book uh tales of a first round nothing highly recommend getting that book um it's a great read um in fact i mean terry ryan's all over social media just get a hold of him on social media terry will probably sell you the book directly um you know but if not i'm sure it's on amazon everything i mean i got it so long ago but i mean yeah definitely highly highly recommend terry ryan's book um and other than that i mean um aside from uh, of course joe over at the coliseum chronicles who does the islanders uh podcast um i believe he just came out with an episode today um his his top 10 uh, right wingers island tough right wingers and uh and and joe is so knowledgeable and, and is always fun to listen to so uh he just had jody robinson on as well and uh yeah uh, you know i always recommend joe's stuff of course alec over at five for fighting um just had actually uh, danbury trashers uh G- gm aj galan had him on to tell stories about the two years of the trashers that were around and of course if anybody knows the the danbury trashers history colorful history so that was a fun interview and uh, you know other than that uh you know of course you have the slew foot show those guys are back at it it's good to see um get the gate i don't know where those boys went uh you know i think they just packed it in or i don't know i haven't even seen them on twitter so um yeah which is unfortunate i like those guys like i said i, I don't watch modern hockey or give two shits but those are actually a couple of the shows i'll listen to as well as dan kelly and and paul over at the uh, obey the puck show um but yeah dan's on twitch and stuff now i gotta i don't know i've i'm not you crazy kids and all your all your uh platforms that you listen to things on but um yeah before i get into it i may as well i was gonna wait and do but i may as well do my ad suggestion now um so don't fast forward or anything but 
like I was going on about the network and all the NHL shows, um, I know a lot of people out there are really into jerseys. You guys like your jerseys and not the knockoff ones. You want the real ones that the guys wear. Well, I got a, you know, the network's got a really good deal set up um, with coolhockey.com. They've been around since 1999. They're NHLPA endorsed. Uh, They're out of Toronto. And uh, they they have a deal set up with the network that uh, if you use the promo code THPN at checkout, you get 30% off and free shipping. Like I said, it's out of Toronto. And uh, I don't know, they seem to have good prices in my mind. And uh, everyone I've talked to that's used them um, has been happy with the service, said everything was good. And and like I said, it's legit stuff. And um, I know every, every week I say that, but it's true, I say the same thing. Like, when I go to the mall here at Jersey City or at the Olympian Sports here on Idlewild, I mean, they have the they have the same jerseys, the real jerseys, but, I mean, you're at the mercy of whoever they have. And, you know, it's McDavid or Crosby or Price or whatever. You know, they want 300 and some bucks for those things. And, uh, you know, but on on the uh, cool on the uh, coolhockey.com site, I typed it. You can, I mean, they have what already pre-made ones or else you can get them custom made. And, uh, I went for a Calgary Flames third Jersey, um, put number 16 McGratton hand sewn numbers. Um, they don't have to get hand sewn. You can, uh, I don't even know what the other way would be. Wouldn't be iron on. But anyway, I just picked hand, hand sewn and, uh, just like the guys have, and it's got the fight strap. Like I said, the legit stuff that McGratton would wear on the ice. And it was 150, 185.99, uh, shipping included or free shipping, uh, out of Toronto, like I said. And, uh, like I said, so, I mean, that's literally half the price of what they want here. So, I mean, that's pretty good deal in my mind i know and then like i said before with uh joe uh the big islander fan i know he's ordered a bunch of islander jerseys and uh i know he was really excited with the deal and uh he was just telling me how he's um you know he's or he's just about ready to uh order an oleg kavasha jersey so yeah, i know he's really excited about that so you know hopefully he can he'll begin uh he'll be wandering around the the streets of new york city with that on this fall as the as the temperature changes um, you know, and like he's got such a big rotation of jerseys. I mean, you know, he's got a different one for every day. I mean, that's how hardcore Joe is. But uh yeah. No, but other than that, uh in all seriousness, like I said, THPN at checkout, thirty percent off and free shipping. I that's a pretty good deal. I mean, you know, like I said, you're you're getting the jersey anyway. And um with the and then of course with the kickback the the network uh gets a few bucks too keep these mud shows in the air such as myself so uh <laughs> so everyone wins but um yeah guys um like i said uh one of the topics i had uh i, I wanted to talk about um on twitter it was interesting somebody brought up um uh brent gretzky and because uh, it was something to do, all oh, what brother duos have the most points? And of course, the answer is the Gretzkys. And Gretzky has whatever two thousand points, and and Brent Gretzky has four. You know, and that's kind of the the joke or whatever. And that's what people were talking about. And uh, but I think it was maybe it was the anniversary of him play, with Brent Gretzky playing for the Lightning or something. I know he played thirteen games in the NHL with the Lightning and four points. Um, which of course got the response you know and everybody and i mean you talk about living in that shadow i mean no one could do that but i mean if you look at the minor league numbers of both keith and brent gretzky they were really they were solid players and uh and i've had guys on my show that played with brent gretzky and said he was really good and um 
you know, just just never got a break, right? Played in the IHL, bounced around. I said he was a point-a-game player in the minors. Um, like I told, uh, he had 200 points and 200-plus points in three seasons in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, you know, so, and then some guy types, oh, he was a horrible player. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's a point-a-game player in the pros. Which his reply goes, yeah, but I'm talking about the big leagues. You know, like, okay, as soon as you say that, the big leagues, I know you're... You, fucking you know you know you couldn't grab your ass with both hands and three tries you know so just clueless but okay big leagues but i said like i said to him on twitter um pro hockey does exist outside of the nhl folks and i've I've said this before if if you think every player in the nhl is better than every player in the american league you got rocks in your head there's there's a multitude of reasons why guys don't make the NHL and skill is sometimes well down the list. Uh, either you get a label put on you for somebody or it's just because it's all timing too, right place at the right time, injuries, contract. Maybe they don't like dealing with your agent, bad agent advice, you know, on and on. Um, there's a million reasons why guys don't make it. And, uh, but it, it's just this this fan idea that oh if the guy didn't play in the nhl he must be the shits he wasn't that good or he was just terrible at hockey like okay and like even on the facebook page there were somebody was talking about sean mcmorrow uh playing or having 86 fight fighting majors and i'm not going to say who who mentioned it it was a former player the guy actually was a very solid had a solid career had a really good 56 goal whl season drafted um you know, and he never played in the NHL, but somebody had mentioned that, you know, McMorrow played a game. Well, this guy proceeds, and I don't know if it's sour grapes or whatever, and I, I mean, I get it, your goals, but you never, you know, you put up good numbers, but just never got the chance, right? Uh, but then, you know, he's looking around, and he sees a guy like Sean McMorrow make it, and of course, he's right away, he goes, oh, there's lots of plugs that got drafted that had no business being drafted, and they couldn't, McMorrow couldn't skate. It's like, well... Like I always say, when people say that he couldn't skate, who compared to who? Who are we comparing him to? Like, could he skate compared to Eichel? No, of course. But, yeah, obviously he played how many pro seasons in the American Hockey League? Then he played in, over in Europe. And, you know, once he got to the Quebec League, okay, whatever, that's his role. But, I mean, you don't play that long in the American League in the UK if you can't skate a little. you got to be able to skate a little bit. You know, he's not out there in shoes and double runners. You know, so, I don't know. I I, I get it, the guy saying it's a former player and whatever, and I don't know, again, if it's sour grapes. And, you know, and I... Yeah, like, this guy could probably skate circles around McMorrow. I'm pretty well sure he could skate circles around McMorrow. But McMorrow had a skill set. And, you know, everyone had a, has a role in, on the team, especially at that time when these guys were coming up and playing in the 90s and early 2000s. There was room for guys like that. Like, would Sean McMorrow play in the NHL or even the American League now? Probably not. You know, probably wouldn't even play junior now, you know, because it's just a different game. And, you know, and some could argue if that's right or wrong or good or bad. But, you know, I mean, I think it's horse shit. But, I mean, you know, but, I mean, back then, everyone, like I said, there was roles and... You know, that's just the way it was. So, I don't know. So, when I see guys call, I don't know, players' plugs and stuff like that, it's just kind of like, yeah, what are we doing here? 
I don't know. But like I said, I wasn't I wasn't going to jump in and argue with this guy. And if he feels that way, he feels that way. But I don't know to say that there was lots of plugs taken and everything. I, I don't know. To me, it just sounded like sour grapes and kind of a kind of sound a little markish, but uh, a bit of a mark. Like uh, you know, like I would expect that out of like you know lightning boy 62 on twitter i would expect an idiot like that to say it something like a plug or whatever but when it comes from an ex-player it's kind of i don't know it was disheartening to read but that's his opinion so whatever but um yeah oh yeah the john scott thing um yeah so it was interesting listening to john scott tell the story and like i said it it, it kind of reminds me of just how the it just kind of highlights the, the the mentality of as the years have changed or gone on how the mentality's changed um of course you know the infamous incident he had with the maple leaves so, i mean it gets completely overblown everybody acts like it was the fucking crime of the century or something you know back in the 80s that was tuesday but uh you know but it was when they were playing the leafs i believe it was a preseason game and um uh uh, Toronto had their fourth line out there with Scott and that, like the fourth lines were out there and I can't, I don't know who Scott was out there with, with Buffalo. It was a, it was a smaller guy. The name escapes me. But I don't think the guy was much of a fighter, more of an agitator guy, but this guy's lined up next to, uh, Jamie Devine of the, of the Leafs. who was a big, tough guy. And, um, you know, and anyway, they drop the puck and Divine and this guy for Buffalo fight. Divine ends up just like beating the wheels off this guy, breaking the guy's jaw the whole nine yards. This guy's really the Buffalo guy was really fucked up, and Scott was just livid. And I guess he kind of skated by the Toronto bench and and just and then you know and then of course Carlisle was the coach of Toronto at the time and he looked at Scott and he's kind of like yeah what the fuck are you looking at and Scott just told everybody yeah whoever you put out here next to me I'm going to kick the shit out of and whatever and he goes normally I didn't get mad but this time I was just seething I was super mad my teammate got his jaw broken and I was out for blood normally I didn't go looking for fights but this time I was going to go I didn't care who they put out with me I said whoever you put out beside me I'm going to beat the shit out of so of course they're all lined up and he goes and buffalo's the visiting team so toronto has the last change so scott's out there and toronto's and carlisle sends out their first line and he guess he look he makes eye contact with scott and i guess he smirked at him and kind of smiled well so phil we all remember what happened phil castle lines up beside john scott so Scott's telling the story and he's like, yeah, you know, what am I going to do? It's Phil Castle. And uh, I guess Clarkson and all them are out there, but it's like, well, I told, and he goes, and Scott said, why? And I tell my defenseman and all those guys, Hey, heads up, get ready. You know, but he goes, so I line up and I look over at Phil and he goes, yeah, I tell Phil, Hey, Phil, just, you know, I'm going to jump you. And Phil's like, oh, what? You know, like, all oh, his eyes got really big. And what do you mean? So when they dropped the puck, and I mean, everyone's seen the video, Scott like half ass sort of not even punches him sort of slaps him and just you could tell he wasn't into it and whatever it was interesting listening to Scott tell a story about apparently how revved up and how mad everything he was at the Leafs and then it's like and then you see him kind of go after Kessel and it looks like his his heart isn't even into it so it's like I don't know if he's I don't know to me he's sort of firing up the, I, I don't know if it's trying to make the story sound good or actually sound like he was legitimately mad because he sure didn't look it. And then Kessel starts, of course, skates around, skates away, and he's, like, two-handing him and stuff. And, of course, all the Leafs tackle Scott. And meanwhile, Kessel's still two-handing him. (coughs) 
everybody listening to me has heard, seen the clip. If not, just type in John Scott versus Phil Kessel on YouTube. It's nothing to see. Like, Scott really doesn't do anything to him. But it was interesting listening to the mindset. And, I mean, I'm not knocking John Scott. I mean, he did it. He's a big dude and everything. And I'm certainly not, I'm, who am I to sit here and criticize? But I was just more... Interest. I'm just laughing because for he claims to be so mad, and his teammate got his jaw broken, and he was going to exact revenge. And then, and then he sits and tells the guy beside him that what he's going to do. Like I'm just wondering, do you think like McSorley or Dave Semenko or any of them be like, hey, I'm I'm going to jump you? Like, do you think they would have told the guy? No, they would have just done it and beat the shit out of the guy. And that was just the difference back then, like with Grimson or any of those guys. Twist. Like, it would have been, it's like, okay, if you're going to mess with our guys, we're going to mess with your guys. And it was just, it was, in, it's interesting just to see that mindset and how the, how different has, it's been over the years. And like I said, I don't know if it was, and I know everyone loves to yell about the code and everything else, and it, that's so romanticized now, and so it's, it's like I always say, it's just like Norman Rockwell view of fighting, but. I could tell you in the 80s, it would have just been a mayhem. It wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have given any warning and given some half slaps to look like you were mad. Like to me, it looked like Scott, in my opinion, it looked like Scott was just going through the motions. He didn't give a shit, you know, but you know, he does the show now and he likes to talk about, oh, I was raging and I was going to kill somebody. Well, if you're that mad and raging so much, why are you going to tell the guy? Like, why don't you just grab Castle and beat the tar out of him? You know, like, I don't know, you know, whatever, or Clarkson or whoever was on the ice. If you're, if you're that mad, you didn't do anything, you know, so... I don't know if Scott talks a big game after the fact or what. I'm not saying he couldn't have done it. Of course he could have, but I'm like, I don't know. He seems to, I don't know. I'm not a big John Scott fan, so maybe I'm a little, you know, and he might be a nice guy and whatever, and, and, you know, good for him. And like I said, he did it. I'm not, you know, I'm a nobody. I'm not, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I've heard a few of his quotes over the years, and it's like, mm, I don't know. kind of thinks he's really something, but I don't know. To me, you're lucky you were 6'8", that's all. I don't know. Whatever. But, um, no, the actual other, the big news, actually, and this is actually some, like, in terms of fighting, what it could do to fighting, not that they really, I should take that back. I mean, uh, it's, it's junior, they don't really fight much anyway, but it's a it would be a big blow to the junior hockey, and it's just another shining example of politicians sticking their nose in where they have no business being and uh, not having a clue. And this is unfortunate because they're actually, you know, they've kind of, if they, I don't know if they're just grand, I mean, they're obviously grand, politicians grandstand, right? And, well, here, I'll, I'll okay, there's a, uh, in Quebec, she's she's the a cabinet member in, in Quebec Parliament, um, Isabel, um, is it, it's not Chartier, Charchettes, Charest, Charest, whatever, I don't know how you say it in French, anyway, she's the Minister of Education, um, so I, I really don't know what why she's weighing in on hockey. I don't know. She's an I will say she was an ex Olympian Canadian speed skater and she medaled in the Olympics. So she was a, she was a hell of an athlete, obviously Olympic level athlete in speed skating, not in hockey in speed skating. And but again, she's the minister of education and women's affairs. So I don't know what she's 
you know, flapping her lips about what she has any say in the Quebec Junior Hockey League, what she has any say in it. But apparently, um, with the COVID and everything else, um, um, in the Quebec Major Junior League, there's 18 teams in total. 12 of them are in Quebec, and six of them are in the Maritimes. So this doesn't include the six Maritime teams. It's just the 12 uh, Quebec teams. We're asking for uh, subsidies. Uh, $20 million in subsidies to be divided amongst the 12 Quebec teams. Because, again, this is a Quebec ministry. And um, so she's kind of almost holding it over them, um, her and the uh, Quebec League commissioner. Now, this is not the LNAH or anything. This is the Quebec Major Junior League. Um, wanted to put in a f- major fighting rules. <laughs> Get this one. Instead of a five-minute major, they want to make it a 15-minute major. Um, and after five fights, start spending players. They already have that. The fight rule that's in now is after 10. But this, now they want to make it five. And apparently, you, and, and, and they had a vote on it. And they needed 12 teams to agree. Out of the 18, they needed 12 to agree. And only uh, 10 did. So did, the bill didn't pass, the 15-minute major and all that. But they said um, this Isabel chick uh, wants the Quebec League. And I, apparently her and the, the commissioner, the, the league commissioner, were super pissed. But she was like, well, I want the a committee put together. And this winter I want to reconvene this. And it's basically these teams are going to get told it's either the subsidies or fighting. Which is it going to be? apparently this is what this reporter was saying i kind of find it amusing because of everything that's going on in the world with covid and everything else and your biggest worry right now about the quebec major junior league is not attendance or covid testing or anything else it's whether they're fighting or not like that's your issue and it's like really and then you go and look it's like was it really that big of a deal anyway do you want to suspend them after five fights well i looked it up Two guys had seven fights last year. Three guys had five fights. And then there was like, or six fights. Pardon me. It was like two guys had seven. Like three guys had six. And then like five guys had five. And that was it. And there's a bunch of guys with like three and two. So it, it, what are we talking about? Like you're, you can talk like it's slap shot or something. Like, and of course, oh, but even, oh, one fight too many. And oh, here we go with this horse shit again. But it's interesting how, you know, it's t- like when it comes to subsidies, I mean, obviously that's taxpayers' money. Um, and again, I'm really not sure what the the Minister of Education of Women Affairs, I don't know what she's involved. What does she have to do with the Quebec Major Junior League? I'd like to, I hopefully somebody asked her this, like, why are you butting into this? Like, I don't, like, again, why are we mixing politics with Junior Hockey League rules? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, I I could give two shits. I mean, I'm not watching it any, I don't care, but it's just more the, just the idiocy of the whole thing. And again, it's a bunch of people chiming in about shit. They don't know anything about, but they got a bunch of shit to say. And the only reason she's doing it, it's just window dressing. Oh, look how progressive we are. Like really, do you have a kid playing in the league or something? Like, it's just, what are we doing? Like, 15-minute major. Like, are you kidding me? But, yeah, so folks watch that coming here in the fall. We'll see how that goes. Um, Of course, I'll, you know, if there's any more news about it, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure this will fade away. 
old women's studies or whatever women's issues will like again you're the you're in charge of women's studies or like don't you have that shit to go do like but i just think to the fact that you're gonna subsidies are fighting that's you know uh i don't know if the I don't know if the fans of the Quebec Junior League would actually be digging that, a politician throwing that, uh, you know, that decision out there. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting going forward. Um, like I said, the Quebec League has a 10-fight rule. I believe the OHL's three fights. Actually, it is three fights. Because, of course, David Branch, the genius of hockey, who's not only the commissioner of the Canadian Hockey League, but he's the commissioner of the Ontario Hockey League, has been for dec- decades. And it's a supreme douche. Um, yeah, and he, I mean, he's wanted to turn it into college hockey for years. Full cages and no fighting, because that's safer, despite every player arguing with you different. Like, again, going back to the Quebec thing, anybody ask the players what they want? I mean, they're the ones doing it. And, of course, we go back to, oh, and who wants, the, do people really need to see teenagers fighting and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well... You know, they're 18, you know, yeah, there's some seven, six, very few 16, but 17, 18, 19 year olds. It's like, okay, well, 18, 19, 20 year olds. We let them drink. We let them drive. We let them vote. We let you, we let them enlist at 18 in the army, in the military. But oh, but when it comes to fighting, they just don't get it. They're just kids. Oh, yeah, you can like I always say, you can drive a tank, but yeah, you better not fight at center ice and Bay Como. Oh, fuck, are you serious? Like just, you know, you can go to you can go to uh, Red Deer, hit the peelers, and drink your face off legally, and go drive, but yeah, and vote. You know, you can do all that, but you know, don't be fighting in Saskatoon. You know, that's ridiculous. But um, yeah, they're just kids. Uh, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the OHL is three fights. And then the Western Hockey League, as of right now, that last time I checked, does not have a fight limit at all. So, but, I mean, again, but it's not like guys are putting up 30 fights a year. Like, I think the league leader had 10 or something last year. So, you know, I mean, oh, I mean, which looks like a circus compared to the OHL. But, I mean, I know the Western Hockey League, with all the rules in the Canadian leagues, they're always the the WHL has always been considered the rebel league and the last to adapt to everything. So, which I always got a kick out of. I dig that. So, but, um, yeah, it was just, I mean, I wasn't surprised when the guy put it up on Twitter that some politician was, was, uh, sticking her nose in where it didn't belong. But, uh, you know, it's just pathetic, but, uh, well, and speaking of pathetic, I mean, the NHL put a put a thing up on on Twitter. Uh, just a, it was a little promo video, about a minute promo video, like guys blocking shots and you know getting worked on by the trainer on the bench with the blood coming down. And they're like, "Oh, this is what it takes to win the cup," and blah blah blah. And oh, you should read the replies in that. Like I put on Twitter, I said, "This is this is everything I talk about in a nutshell." Today's hockey fan is the biggest bitch in the world. Like it's a bunch of gym, a bunch of couch jockeys that don't know any better got picked last every recess and now they're on twitter like oh so they have to play through injuries as this is what you're making them do and this blah 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 and oh it's just pathetic to read 
I I highlighted it on Twitter, and of course, I got a lot of my followers are reading it, and they're just all like losing their minds now. Like, I wish I'd read that. Now I'm pissed off, and it's like, yeah, well, now you now you know what I'm talking about all the time. When I say hockey Twitter, it's just like a cesspool. And I said, and unfortunately, this is the this this is the vocal minority. These are the new age nerd fans that the leagues listen to are the same dorks that are in this thread talking about oh isn't this just terrible this is why guys get hooked on painkillers and you know nobody should have to live through this because they have to live the rest of their lives and you know it's a cte and on and on like oh shut up like you know you know it's just it's and meanwhile hey if you're on twitter fourth line voice of twitter follow me yeah right like i said for all of i mean twitter is a cesspool social media in general is a cesspool but um I do say our little kind of fight community that's on Twitter. I really, I do really enjoy it for the most part. Um, met a lot of good guys on there. Um, you know, so we, I mean, we have fun on there, but yeah, reading some of this, I always say your, your best bet is just, just don't scroll, don't scroll and you won't get mad. Just tweet your stuff, re- read your notifications and then be done. I should, I should really follow my own advice, but I, I, I scroll and immediately get mad that I did. But, uh, overall, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a fun, you got to talk to ex players and like I said, meet a lot of good people. So I, I can't say too much about, too much bad about Twitter, but it's trying at times, boy, I'll tell you. But, uh, oh, and if you're on YouTube, obviously fourth line voice on YouTube as well, check it out. I got like 2,200 fights up. Um, honestly go to the, go to the page, subscribe. I know it's old school to say subscribe to YouTube, but really hit the little bell notification. Every time I put a new f- video up, you'll get notified. Um, actually just put a play Pharaoh Riley fight up that, I mean, I put it up just for the historical sense of who was involved in, it, and it's not, it's by no means a great fight, uh, between either guy, but, um, you know, I just wanted to get it up just cause Hey, it's, it's just cause of the names and, um, but no, I, I put a couple other fights up there as well. It's escaping me right now what I did, but you know, I, I, I try to put up some, I don't put up as much as I right now is it with the podcasting and just other life things going on. I haven't had as much time to put some stuff up as I'd like, but normally I'd like to put up a couple, at least a couple fights every week. Um, so every once in a while I'll get in a groove one night and if I get a new DVD or something, I'll be playing it and I'll put like three or four fights up and yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just fourth line voice on YouTube, check it out. Um, well, uh, for the final here, <clears throat> of course, with the Dallas and Tampa Bay playing for the Stanley Cup here, uh, like I said, Isha said, well, why don't you do a top 10 of the all-time list? So I kind of looked at their all-time rosters. and um, Yeah, and again, this is the Dallas Stars. I didn't include the Minnesota years. Um, I just Dallas from 93 on. So uh, remember that. So there's no Basil McRae. Um, but I'll start with Tampa Bay. Um, it was interesting. I mean, there was a lot of guys at Tampa Bay that were, they were tough dudes, but they kind of just played like one season. Like, you know, Louis DeBrusque was there, played 54 games. Mike Hartman played 58 games. Actually, a really, a guy that I really like, a minor league legend, um, Chris LaPuma, you know, he played 64 games over a few seasons. Um, we have Brant Myers, um, guys like Reed Simpson. He only played 26 games. Mick Fakoda. I forgot completely that Mick Fakoda played in Tampa Bay. Uh, Barnaby, um, you know, BJ Crombean, um, stuff like that. Chris Dingman, of course, um, was kind of a notable mentions, but, uh, my, my top five, I'll just start at five. I think, um, 
Um, I think five. I, I, I'd probably, I, I probably put Zen and Kanopka. Um, I was a big Kanopka fan. Um, you know, you know, we played the 80, only 81 games, but you know, 290 minutes. Um, I only had 33 fights the one year and, you know, just a real solid light heavyweight, not a big guy, but take on everybody fearless. Um, should have played far more NHL games than he did. Um, stories of him are legendary. What a leader. Um, you know, great captain had the great run in Syracuse, the crunch with Morasti and Dorsett and Sestito and all those guys. Um, I was always a big fan of Z. Um, fourth, uh, Sandy McCarthy, again, only 81 games, 200 minutes, but you know, I think he had, I think I looked, he had 20 some fights, I think in Tampa in the two years. Um, but really, you know, had a really good fight with a prime twist. Um, you know, Warrell laws, he had some really solid boats. Uh, Sandy hadn't gone down like in Calgary and then it was Calgary and then to Tampa and Sandy was still pretty solid at that time. Um, you know, he kind of really regressed when he got to New York and stuff, but, um, now at the time, Sandy was cruising. Tough dude. Um, number three, um, probably Enrico Ciccone. Um, maybe, I mean, not. I don't think he was the fighter Sandy was, but just in terms, you know, played there longer, just 135 games, 604 minutes. Again, I'm taking him from their from their time with Tampa Bay. Um, I was never, to be completely honest, I was never a huge Ciccone guy, um, but big dude, mean, certainly not, you know, like, he wouldn't have told anybody that he was going to jump him. He would have just done it. Phil's lucky Enrico Ciccone wasn't beside him. We'll put it that way. Um, but uh, number two, uh, I would I'd probably say Rudy Poshek. And I was a huge Rudy Poshek fan. Like, there's a dude. Um, yeah, he played 213 games uh, in Tampa. Um, fought everybody and, like, toe-to-toe battles and, like, I was a, oh, I love Rudy Poshek. And I mean, you know, has that face that looks like, you know, one of those guys, he ran a hundred yard dash and a 90 yard gym, like one of those guys, you know, um, you know, oh, you could make, yeah, he's just, he's just a tough dude. And, uh, you know, and uh, I love watching his old Western league stuff back in the old Cooper all days in the eighties, Western league, just total toilets and great fights with bomber and stuff. And, oh yeah, Rudy's the man. And, uh, number one is Andre Waugh. I mean, you could probably switch Poshek and Waugh, whatever, but I was just a huge Andre Waugh guy. Um, said he, you know, again, another guy played 218 games. Um, you know, I, big salt body, check, really, really vicious temper. Um, but I was a big Andre Waugh guy and, uh, yeah, I think I'd put him one. But uh, um, Dallas was interesting. Um, as I was going through the list, again, when you start breaking it, looking at teams, it's like a lot of, um, um, I mean, with Dallas, I mean, you had Alan May, who was only there for 35, Jim McKenzie for 34 games, um, and Chris Murray, I'm a huge Chris Murray fan. But again, 32 games. He had some great fights when he was there, but just, you know, they briefly stopped in Dallas. Like, were they tough dudes? Yeah. Were they tougher than some of the guys on the list? Yeah. But again, I'm only going from their times in Dallas. Um, one guy that I didn't put, he's a smaller guy. I didn't, I don't, I didn't look how many fight. I don't think he would have had that many fights. It would have been single digits for sure. But, um, I got robbed a mile. Um, I don't know how many fights he had in Dallas, but I know with the Islanders and stuff, just a smaller guy, but man, he would throw down. He just did not fool around, but seldom gets talked about. Uh, and uh, Gord Donnelly, there's another guy with Dallas kind of, that was sort of towards the end of Gord's career, but 34 games, 118 minutes with him. I was a huge, huge, uh, Gord Donnelly fan over the years, 
But um, my list, uh, number five, is sort of a tie. I couldn't decide because they both sort of were similar in their brief time with Dallas. Um, one was Bill Heward, who played 91 games at 280 minutes and had some great fights with, like, Probert and him. And I love Billy Heward. He was awesome. And uh, I kind of did that. And Aaron Downey, same type of thing, played 80 games, 146 minutes. Of course, his time in Dallas, I think, will be punctuated with his infamous one-punch knockout of Jesse Bullery's. Um you know, everyone's seen that clip. If you haven't, check it out. Downey KO Buller Race. And, uh, but I was a huge Downey fan too. And him and Heward had remarkably similar Dallas sort of experiences and, uh, both tough guys. And, uh, you know, Heward, of course, was in Ottawa and Edmonton. And, you know, Downey went on with, uh, St. Louis and Montreal and Detroit and stuff. And it was cool to see him win a cup too. And, uh, yeah, big fan of both those guys. Um, number now again they're probably they're tougher than some of the guys that I have ahead of them but I'm just going by longevity with the team but number four another guy I was a big fan of um, was Todd Harvey and everybody's probably Todd Harvey seriously go to YouTube check out Todd Harvey um, again just an underrated one of those third line grinder guys uh, had a great junior career was a really high draft pick uh, won gold medal with the junior world juniors but uh, and you know he played. Uh, 200 and some games with the the North Star or with Dallas Stars, pardon me, 449 minutes. Again, you know, you know, eight, nine, ten fights a year, but just you know would not back down. I know he fought. I believe he fought Probert and them. Um, he had no business doing that, but he did. But and a solid player. I was a big fan of Todd Harvey. And um, actually, new school for number three. I kind of went new school. Uh, Chris Barch. I was surprised actually when I went back and looked at him, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, this dude, you know, he average clipped along about 15 fights a year, and I think he was in Dallas for about five years, and he played 263 games. Um, yeah, you know, pretty solid dude. Um, had some great fights, Paros and stuff, and uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and claim to be a Chris Barch expert, but I know just from going through YouTube, and he actually fought more than I thought he did, and it was, it was pretty solid. Um, number two is Grant Marshall, totally underrated. 400 games, 400, you know, um, I think the guy came back from a broken neck. I mean, in junior, unbelievable. and um, But just tough dude. I mean, a great fight with Probert. Um, I was a huge Grant Marshall fan, completely underrated. And I think he flies under a lot of people's radars because he's just kind of, didn't have that look. He was kind of skinny. and But yeah, he'd give her shit, man. I, I dig Grant Marshall. Seriously, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and check him out. He's cool. And of course, number one, you got old Chainsaw Shane Churla. I love me some Shane Churla. And uh, I always tell everybody he's actually the guy that probably got me into hockey fight tapes because the very first hockey fight tape I ever watched, it was like the second or third fight on the tape, was Churla with Hartford and him and Kevin McGuire just go toe to toe. It's a brief fight, but man, that that fight hooked me. I always blame Shane Churla and Kevin McGuire for my f- hockey fight addiction, but. Uh, no, I'm a huge fan of Churla, even though when he, I was working for the car rental company, he was a scout, and he was kind of a dick, actually, when we rented it to him. I was a little disappointed, but uh, nonetheless, as a as a completely, I, I've actually heard he's a good dude, but he might have been just having a bad day, but yeah, I, th- I think he wasn't happy with the car we gave him or something, but yeah, I wasn't, it was kind of disheartening, but um not, you know, I'm not saying he's a dick, he was just a dick that day. Nah, he wasn't that bad, I was just, just having a day. It's the same thing actually it was funny uh, same thing happened with Kelly Chase too hmm. but yeah she wasn't even renting from us either and he was mad at the budget people but I saw him in the parking lot and he kind of 
blew me off. And it wasn't like I was asking for selfies or anything. I mean, this was the nineties or, you know, whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I just, Hey, how's it going? I just, you know, okay, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of funny, but, uh, yeah, chainsaw Churla, I would definitely put as number one on the, on the Dallas stars, all time, uh, tough guy list. But, uh, yeah, there you go. There are my, uh, top fives for Tampa Bay and Dallas. And, uh, we'll see. Looks like, uh, Tampa win last night. Yeah, they, Tampa won last night. I was more, I was, I was busy swearing at the TV over the NFL game. Damn, I, I took the Saints to beat the Raiders. Damn it. My football pool is falling apart. I'm already like, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm bringing up the rear on the, on our, fo- on our office football pool. Well, two weeks in, I'm already shit in the bed. But, uh, yeah. I did win 60 bucks on my pro line though. So that was okay. But, uh, you know, covered the bets anyway, but, uh, yeah, guys, other than that, that's, that's my rambling for today. Um, I promise I will have some player interviews coming for you. Um, I just wanted to get this out and, uh, actually I, w- I really wanted to talk about that Quebec major junior stuff. When I read deeper into the article, it was actually really, um, yeah, it's just disheartening. Like I said, anytime you get politicians involved or anything like that, like I said, outside folks that, like I said, don't know shit from apple butter about the game of hockey, but they figure they're going to flap their lips and make decisions about how the game is played. And like I said, the players and, and those are never consulted. I was going to say, I want to find out who the eight teams were that were for it, and I think we should ban them. <laughs> That's what I would say the the NHL awards. Whoever wins the Lady Bing Award should be suspended for five games. All right, enough. Let's get out of here. But uh, yeah, I want to thank you guys all for uh, for tuning in for my little uh, forty five minute ramble. I hope uh, if you're on the treadmill, I hope that that's good enough. And uh, if you're in your car, safe journeys. And uh, you know, with all the craziness that's going on out there, folks, I hope everybody uh, stays safe. And uh, I know I've kind of harped on it the last couple of days in my in- or last couple of episodes on my intro. Um, like I said, with the COVID testing that I had to go get done and everything it was a real frustrating time and, and, um, completely could have been avoided. And, uh, so it was really frustrating and I have gotten some messages about it and I probably lost some listeners or some followers over it, which is a shame because I, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the argument is sort of common sense in my mind, but, uh, you know, whatever common sense died a long time ago, I think, but, uh, it, it appears but, uh, no, I just hope everybody out there is, uh, you know, staying safe and, uh, you know, we can, we can get through this and get back to somewhat a normal life. But I think we're going to have to go through some shit again. But uh, we'll see. But uh, anyway, let's wrap it up here. We'll wrap it up at the 45-minute mark. But uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, taking the time to listen. Like I said, this is episode 42. Please go back and check out the back catalog. And uh, until Sunday when I talk to you again for the vault episode, um, have a good week. Thanks, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?